Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspire TV. I'm your host, Linda Ugolo, and in this show, you'll get an inside look on how changemakers, healers, artists, and entrepreneurs take their dreams and put them into action. And today, my guest is Trisha Cromwell, and you're a stylist. I am. And I'm so interested to find out more about that. Oh, good. Tell me, what is a stylist? Well, I'm all about fashion, and I really, between fashion stylist or wardrobe consultant, you could kind of use them interchangeably. Basically, I help my clients to customize a wardrobe that fits them, their lifestyle, their body type, their budget. So really just educate them and give them style tools for smart style so they feel confident in what they're wearing every day and saves time and saves stress, just so they know they show up and they look their best every day. So who are your clients? Are they business women? Are they... Um, business women, I have a, a ton of entrepreneurs that really want to dress in brand and have a signature style, but then I also have a lot of moms who are just busy and they dedicate so much of their time to their families, their husbands, their children, and soccer practice and driving them to school and bake sales that they, they sometimes leave themselves for last. And that's one of my big missions is to help women stop doing that invest some time up front in yourself and you know you feel good you look good you perform so much better at whatever it is you're trying to do mm -hmm. well I know for myself I do a lot of work from home and if I get dressed I always get dressed for the day good for you <laughs> seriously good for you it really affects your morale and even your productivity does mm -hmm. it not well I'm also working with clients you know over Skype and ah. or having meetings with colleagues so yeah. I feel like it gives it a, a little it's a way of saying that I care how I show up exactly exactly yeah mm -hmm. so that's what you're helping people to do and yes I also understand that I don't have time to go shopping mm -hmm. I mean I do it on occasion yeah so you help people shortcut. So what do you do? Do you take them shopping? Do you find things and bring it to them? Or how does it work? I do. So it's really custom depending on their needs. But the ideal system is that we will first start by looking in your wardrobe. And I will kind of do an analysis of what you have, key pieces I feel like the, the, I have 10 basics that I feel everyone should have for the most versatile wardrobe. So I'll make sure that you have those, kind of edit through if things are outdated or not in good condition, come up with some that we may donate, and I make a list of gaps in your wardrobe that you need to fill something in and then you could, you know, make more outfits. Then the next step will be that we go shopping or I go shopping and pick up those pieces. And then I'll come back, and this is the most important step because, and I'll, I'll try to make a long story short, but this is what differentiates me from a personal shopper which I do that, but I really want to get involved into my client's life, into, into your head, like what are your style needs? How do you want the world to see you? How do you want to feel about yourself? And the biggest component is that once I have analyzed your wardrobe and I make sure you have the right pieces, we go shopping, we get you some new things, is that I don't just leave you. Because what happens when you go shopping, you buy a bunch of new clothes and then you try to bring them into your existing wardrobe and you're like, wait, what? This was on a mannequin and it looked good, but I don't know how what pants I have that go with this blouse. So the most important part is just bringing everything together. And then I take it a step further and I put together head to toe looks, at least 30, and I photograph them. Whoa, Yes, 30. 30, <laughs> and I print them and I put them in, the, in a book, a lookbook, and give it to my client. It is literally such an amazing secret weapon so that when you get dressed, you 
thumb through a book of outfits you know look good on you, are designed for you, for your, and I have weekend, weekday, weeknight, occasion, just kind of anything to cover an entire month of outfits, which could even obviously take you through a season if you, you just repeat each outfit three times, that's it, and you're at the end of the season. That's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. And it's so fun for me. <laughs> and it's crazy because people dread it. I mean, you probably don't even like going through your own wardrobe because it's like, oh, I just stuffed that in the closet. I don't know. I'll wear this same shirt again because it's easy. And to me, it's like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's so cool. Yeah, my, I have a daughter who's in college, and she lives in a suite with five other young women. And she said on like Friday and Saturday night, they spend like two hours oh trying God. to figure out what to wear yeah. to the party. Of course. And she said she just sits there, watches them for two hours, and then when it's time to go, she puts on her clothes and she goes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I would have been one of, one of the girls taking time, too. Uh -huh. It's in college is actually kind of where this started. Where really? A friend and I... Oh, we just loved to shop. It was our pastime, I guess. Um, and then we would come home and have fashion shows or go back to our dorm and have fashion shows and try on everything we got and see exactly what we would wear it with. And it's funny because it was, like, literally fun to us, like a Friday night, a Thursday night. But then as I start doing it for my clients, I realize, like, oh, my goodness, I did this when I was 18 and, and it was fun. And now I'm helping you do it. And it's still fun for me. But some people hate it. <laughs> right. So that's a great match. So when did you realize that this was something that you could make into a business, that this was something that was really a service for people? Wow. Okay. So crazy. When I was probably like 10, my grandmother, my meme, she hates shopping, like to this day hates shopping. And so if she had, if there was like a family party or an, a celebration or an occasion that she needed a new outfit for, she would take me to the store and let me pick it for her. Literally, Kmart was the store, and she would bring a book, sit outside on a bench, and she would let me go in and pick her whole outfit. I would come outside and get her when I was done. No lie, she wouldn't even try it on and would just buy it and wear it. And, and she says to this day, those were always her favorite outfits. Oh, Crazy. That is totally I, amazing. I think it's huge, and especially with my company name being Trust in Trisha, that it was then where she put so much trust in yes, me. Yes, a 10 year old. kid? I, that's scary. That's pretty amazing. So I, that, that really helped to mold and shape. And then I went to college for fashion merchandising, okay. and I did a lot in fashion and, and in retail. And it was actually watching What Not to Wear, which is... I, I hate to say because it just sounds cliche, but that show is amazing. And watching it, one day I realized, wow, I do this with people. Because luckily for me, I have friends and family members that hated shopping, hated putting outfits together. And so I would go and help them just because I liked it. And then once I saw it on TV, I realized there's so much education to it. It makes such a difference. It's so helpful. And I thought, geez, I wonder if strangers would, would allow me to help them with this the same way that my friends and family have. So I just kind of launched and put myself out there. Well, how, how did you launch and just put yourself out there? Like, how does one take an idea like that and get started? <laughs> you just do it. So I have a story for that, too, of course. Great. So I was working a full-time job at the time, and I also had a part-time job, which I've worked multiple jobs since I was 15. Um, and so I decided I really wanted to do this and launch this, and I didn't want to work two jobs anymore. I wanted to work one. I wanted it to be for myself. and. And then I, you know, when you work for yourself, you kind of have like 60 jobs. But, you know, I'd rather it just be for me. <laughs> um, 
So I would go to my part-time job and I had like a notebook and I would make my coworkers and um, my manager at the time help me and just come up with what would my logo be, my business name, my tagline, I mapped out my website. I mean literally when I went for a four-hour shift at this job, I probably did an hour's worth of Trust and Trisha creation. And it, it was actually my assistant manager at that store at the time that came up with the name Trust and Trisha Aww. on shift one day. Wow. Yeah, so I just did a business card and website. I mean, this was 2008. Social media was, uh, it was big, but not as big as it is today. Mm -hmm. I think I joined Facebook in like 2009. I didn't even know about it before that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just kind of just did it. And I feel like for anyone doing it today, just get on the web presence, social media presence, and just having, starting to establish some type of credibility, and then everything else falls into place. So when you say establish some kind of credibility, how did you establish credibility? I mean, it sounds good, but what does it actually so mean? So for me, I feel, um, <laughs> because I've been in sales and in retail, I'm almost um, hesitant of it sometimes. So I don't really see myself as a salesperson, and I know that when I'm a consumer, I want to do some research. I want some statistics or, you know, just even if you're shopping and you, and you price compare. So for me, I felt like to just say to someone, well, I know how to dress myself so I can dress you, is completely crazy because everyone is so different. Right. So what I really aimed to do was show them what I could do rather than make it about myself and just um, take as many before and after pictures as I could. And when I started, I used, again, friends and family to take my before and after pictures for me to post on the website. And then as I gained clients and those clients weren't afraid to kind of help me spread the word, I would post their testimonials and post their pictures. And I think that's what really helps to build your credibility is just to show that you are actually doing it and to show that, you know, you can help so many different people from someone finding the perfect pair of jeans to someone finding the perfect suit or dress for a gala. Now, so you you say, and I think it's absolutely true, everyone is so different. I yes. mean, bodies are completely individual, even mm -hmm. though we've got standardized sizes, that re means nothing. No, absolutely so not. So how do you account for helping, how do you learn about how to help different people when everyone um, is so different? Like, because you, you can't use the same... You kind of can. You, you can kind of use a basic formula. Uh -huh. um, you know, things that you have to work around, obviously, are body type, but it's so psychological, and it's really with how people view themselves. And I work with men and women, but women in particular, we are so hard on ourselves. And, you know, everyone has a body part they don't love. Like, for example, I hate my knees. And I was going to wear a dress today, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, my knees will be on camera, so I'm wearing pants. <laughs> and anyone else would look at me and say, their knees, what are you talking about? You know, but... So I understand that, that everyone has this vision of themselves mm -hmm. and that it's real. And I don't try to tell them they're silly or take it away from them. I say, well, how are you feeling about this area? Let's see if we can camouflage this one and accent this one. Mm -hmm. And then that's when kind of the tips and tricks of fit come in. Mm -hmm. And how did you learn all those things? Do you watch, did you learn by watching videos? Did you read books? Did you just learn it as you went along? I kind of did. I think... Um, just from being in retail, I had, I've worked in specialty stores. I've been an assistant buyer at a specialty mm -hmm. store. I've worked at department stores. I've worked on the management end, on the merchandising end, on the visual end. And it just always came back to what the customer was looking for, their experience, and 
what they were satisfied with. And what they're satisfied with is a product that makes them feel good. Mm -hmm. So I think just over the years of working with different types of people, and I mean, I worked at an urban specialty store, and then I was a department manager at Filene. So I mean, totally different industries and totally different clientele, but all the same basic need. And you know, I did read a ton of blogs, read a lot of books, and what not to wear, I'm telling you, that show is just so chock full of information. I'm so mad they canceled it. But um, it's just, I think because I'm so passionate about it and I'm so into it, I just engulf myself in it and anything I see or read, I remember. Mm -hmm. Like if you showed me a recipe right now, there is no way I'd go home and make whatever it was. I wouldn't even remember the ingredients. But if you showed me what somebody was wearing on the red carpet for the Oscars, I would know the designer, the color, the shape, because I'm wow. into it. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that would be like totally over my head, but I could do the recipe. Yeah, and it's great, great. We will make a great team. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So what do people go after? Do they go after comfort or how they think they look? Both. And that's actually one of the questions on my style profile is what is more important, comfort or style? And I e either get comfort or both. And it's so no you one says both. style. I don't care if my feet are killing me. I oh, of course, of course, of course. People say that. Oh yeah, of course. But majority, mm -hmm. majority comfort or comfort and style. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of times you're in a situation if someone is on their feet all day or they've had back surgery, but you know they they want they're going out somewhere or their husband's taking them to dinner and they want to dress up a little bit but still be comfortable. I mean, it's that's why I say it's custom. Everyone has a different style need. Mm -hmm. So how many like sessions are you working with somebody? So if we're doing kind of the full wardrobing, which is the closet analysis, the shopping trip, and the coordinating session, and the lookbook, it's two or three. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on my client's stamina, because I say shopping is a sport, and it is tough, and like you sweat, and you're out of breath, and you could even get cramps. I mean, the mall is crazy. So I kind of understand that three hours of shopping for me is nothing. I could do it all day. but three hours of shopping and trying clothes on in those hot, stuffy dressing rooms, that gets exhausting. Mm -hmm. So we may do a closet analysis one day, and then we'll meet a second day to go shopping. And then while I do the lookbook, my client just chills. Mm. They can watch TV. They can run errands. They can clean their house because I'm literally doing everything else. So two or three, two or three sessions, two or three days. Mm -hmm. That's so neat. And we, so the same thing with uh, a man. You'll do mm -hmm. the same mm -hmm. program. Yeah. That's cool. Absolutely. So you've been doing this for eight years now. Yes. That's amazing. I know. And and do you do everything yourself? Do you run your business on your own? <laughs> yes. Do you say that because you, would you like to have a team or you feel like this oh my works gosh. well? Both. Um, I would love to have a team because I'm a creative type and my brain is everywhere and I just love all these projects that I want to start and not finish. <laughs> so, um you know, I, I would love to develop a team and, and, and bring people on. And I would especially love to be able to outsource for the technical stuff, the computer stuff. I don't want anything to do with that. So what but is that website? Yes, just anything. I mean, I just, um, so I'm going to start doing webinars monthly. And I just did my first one in December. Mm -hmm. I had to learn a lot. I didn't want to learn that much. I will learn that much about what a new line a designer came out with or what sales the department stores are having but just to to all the research to find out the platforms to use and the words to use and then actually how do you screen share and how do you read a comment you know, just 
the techie stuff. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a steep learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always changing and always evolving. I think that's the toughest part. Yes. Like, as soon as I learn how to use an app on my phone, a new phone is out and my phone's out of memory. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, in growing your business, what would you say, like, some of the biggest challenges are then? Is it... The biggest challenge for me is the stereotype about being a stylist. So I think that um, being, being a wardrobe consultant and a fashion stylist and being behind the scenes for people that are sometimes on a red carpet or on camera or speaking at events, it's, it's, become, it's, it's coming to the foreground a little bit more. It's, it's becoming more common, but I think that people still believe that you have to be rich or you have to be a celebrity or you have to have a huge glamorous walk-in closet or you can only shop at Neiman Marcus and those things are just so are not true and my clients that I work with like I am an attainable real life stylist I I've shopped at Kohl's I've shopped at Target for people I mean it's whatever your budget You'll is whatever stay your within needs people's are budgets. absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely and and I think um I think it stems from being being a kid and we didn't have a lot of money growing up and so when all of my classmates were shopping at the mall stores which was so glamorous to me I was at um, do you remember like Bradley's and Zayers and Ames mm -hmm. older department stores mm -hmm. that's where I shop for the kind of cheaper no brand name and so I had to be really creative with what I was able to get to make a bunch of different outfits and to be as fashionable as what I saw on TV or what I saw the other kids wear and so I feel like that's what helps me now to pass that on to my clients and say this is your existing wardrobe this is how you're going to make the most of it mm -hmm. so it's tough when when people feel and I hear it all the time oh I have nothing you would you would make fun of me. You'd throw away everything I have. Oh, uh -huh. no, it, literally, that has never, not one time, happened ever. But people people are hard on themselves, and I think it's a little intimidating have someone who is an expert in any field where where you're you feel you might be lacking to in, open your home to them. Never mind your closet. I mean, that's it's very personal. It's very personal. <laughs> yes. So, do most of your clients come through word of mouth, or do they find you online? Uh, the most through Google, which is, I don't even know how, which is awesome, and word of mouth. So people say, I need someone to help me with my clothes, so I'm going to look up, what do they look up? Um, they a look wardrobe, up consultant, wardrobe consultant, a stylist, personal shopper, I think is the most common phrase now, mm -hmm. which um, if, I, if that's the way I come up, that's great. And if you truly just know that you need a black dress for a event and you're a size six, I can go get it for you, but no one understand that I want to know what's going on in your house, in your life, in your closet, in your mind, in behind your smile. It's not just that I just want to pick up one piece and send you on your way. Like I, I really want people, I really want to empower them so that they really feel good about their style choices and, and getting dressed and putting outfits together isn't just second, it's, it's not just second thought, you know, it's not just... I have to wear clothes to go outside, mm -hmm. so I'll throw this on, as opposed to, I'm going to wear this today. So, <laughs> so are you, do you always get dressed to go out? Do you ever throw in a pair of sweatpants? Um, okay, so that's a tough question. I am a very no PJs in public person. However, if you see me walking my dog, I'm a hot mess. I'm wearing whatever I was wearing in the house. We're going around the block. Who cares? But if I even have to run to like CVS or the grocery store, I'll, I'll put jeans on. Mm -hmm. What's hard about sweatpants is that 
activewear is becoming really, really trendy now, from sneakers even to joggers. So I will definitely wear joggers, but they won't be like ripped and stained and two sizes too big. Mm -hmm. So they're still tailored, fit appropriate, and I'm put together, mm -hmm. but still comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, My, I'm married to a man from Eastern Europe, and mm -hmm. over there everyone is, uh, oh you gosh. know, quite a bit more formal. Oh yes. So to go to the market, you get dressed. You get dressed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You sure do. Yeah. It took me a little while to conform. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. You know, my mom now, she will only wear sneakers when she's in the house. It's it, to this day. It's. I think she created a monster in me, so it's like partially credit or blame her. But to this day, if she's going anywhere, she's putting heels on. Like oh, she will not be caught with sneakers on unless she's in the house. Oh, it's hilarious. That is really, really funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you were to, you know, advise uh, a listener, viewer on, you know, how, like, let, a lot of people are into, let's say, fashion. Yep. How would you advise, or even some other kinds of, you know, dreams that they have of something that they're passionate about or they've always found really fun. Mm -hmm. How do they go, what would you say to them about getting started? That you have to just do it. Um, the number one thing is to understand that you're worth it. And I think that's a really tough part for some people. They feel that they can't spend a certain amount of money on themselves or a certain amount of money for one specific item. Um, and specifically for my ideal clients, I need to come in where you're ready, where you know that you're valuable, you understand that I have a service which is similar to a housekeeper, a dog walker, a, a hairstylist. I have a service that is going to help you save time. It's going to help you get organized, be more productive, and feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. So I just really need someone to believe in themselves first and know that they're worth it and they're making an investment. It's a financial investment, it's an educational investment, but it saves you so much in the long run and you feel so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It must be very satisfying. It is. So do you get great testimonials? I do. Yeah, I do. I'm, I, I'm happy. Um, I've been very fortunate with my clients that understand that this is a word of mouth business and this is, you know, we're, we're in that social media web generation where those words go a long way. Mm -hmm. So I've been very fortunate. Mm -hmm. That's great. So what, where do you feel like you're going in your business? What's, what's Everywhere. Next? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, should, I have to like put the brakes on, on myself sometimes. Um, ideally, you know, I'm, I'm expanding this year and I'm doing more virtually, which I haven't done. I've been kind of against, as you, if you recall what I was saying about technology. Um, but I am realizing that I want to be with someone along the ride, like, for the whole year, the whole time. I want us to have check-in calls. I want to be able to pop in and just organize your closet, make sure everything's in the right space. If you have something come that, that comes up and you need something, give me a call. I mean, I just really want to be someone's on-hand stylist. You want to be the go-to person. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I haven't come up with like a clever term for that yet, mm -hmm. but really working on, on doing more, you know, just with like a Google Hangout or something where we can just connect quickly and I can just give you that little, the motivation you need. I mean, it's it's kind of like diet and exercise. You mm -hmm. don't just go see your personal trainer one time and never again. So I really want um, to, to stick with my clients. And mm -hmm. obviously that will kind of limit the number of people that I'm able to work with at once, but I really want to be their go-to and really help them the whole time mm -hmm. instead of just, well, you're good for now, 
hey, you know, I hope I hope you call me in four months. It's I, I want you to know I'm coming back in four months, and this is going to continue. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you can do a seasonal exactly relationship. Exactly. That's neat. Yeah. Any any other things that you've got brewing? Of course. Um, I am also working on doing workshops monthly. So I'm actually going to launch next uh, in February. And the reason for that is I do um, fashion events. I actually do clothing swaps once or twice a year to raise awareness and to raise clothing for Project Hope, which is a charity out of Boston. Um, and so I actually have my next clothing swap is coming up in Easton in April. But in addition to that, I've done some... Um, kind of like one-on-one -on -one makeover things, but, but quickly I called it speed styling instead of kind of like speed dating. And feedback that I got from people was that they wanted more time and more education. And instead of just giving the tips, receiving the tips, they wanted to try it for themselves. So I'm gonna launch workshops where, you know, 20 or 25 women can come in and we can really, I can teach some tips. And I think it's great for um, someone to see what the process is all about, the whole styling, world and to kind of see what they may get out of it and then if it's if I've given them enough tips that they can actually go and execute themselves that's awesome if this then sparks something in them where I realize where they realize I need you to come to my house I, I need to do this whole thing well then that's great you've already met me if we have a great relationship and understanding this is going to be awesome terrific so I've got a box here and I love to ask people to pick okay a card that has an attribute and kind of like an inner attribute that okay. people we all need something we all need. all need and I'd love for you to um, so they're all different ones and you can riff on it ah friendship friendship okay yes we need this so um it's funny I actually just attended a networking event and um, we're sitting at like eight eight separate tables and the exercise was for every table to come up with one word of something that we'll need in 2017 and mine was support. So I feel like this goes right in line with friendship where I, I just, I thrive on bonds and I also really need people to laugh with and to understand and then also to vent to because as bubbly as I am and as exciting and passionate as I am, I get discouraged, I get frustrated, I get tired. It, it's also hard work. And um, I, I, to have people there who understand even if they're not in your position, but because you love what you do, they love what you do, and they're invested in what, what you do mm -hmm. is priceless. My, mm -hmm. my support system is, is amazing. I couldn't ask for more. And my friends are like my family. That's wonderful. So crucial. So can you quickly, I love that you brought up that sometimes you get discouraged. I think we all do. Yes. What's your number one practice that you have for combating discouragement? Um, it's kind of like smack myself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you know on TV when they always give someone a good smack on the face and it brings them back to reality? Uh -huh. so I kind of like mentally do that to myself. Um, I think one, one tip that I got and I think is important and that I practice is to let yourself feel it because... The more you try to subdue all of the, the anxiety or all the emotions, they don't go anywhere. They just build and build and build up and then erupt. So, you know, I acknowledge and, and I have a practice of a planner. I make to-do lists like crazy. Every day I write down three things that I was thankful for for the day to reflect. And I make a habit of acknowledging to myself what my feelings are and what my losses and my wins were. And if I'm feeling down about something, to let myself go through it and feel it and then get up and get over it and keep going. That's great. I love that you have a, the three gratitudes a day practice. It's so good, isn't it? That's awesome. It, it really That's is. It's really awesome. Yeah, I think that 
is my go-to place as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this has been wonderful, Trisha, to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. When are we doing it again? <laughs> <laughs> have a great day. Thanks, you too. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.